Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Word is a proud media partner of Latitude Festival 2012. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.latitudefestival.co.uk. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. We're joined in the pod this week by Melvin Benn, the man behind the Reading, Leeds and Latitude Festivals. I started out by asking him what inspired him to start promoting live shows. Probably the single thing that spared me on was, was politics, really. Um, and, and, and if anything, perhaps... Um, yeah, Margaret Thatcher, really, probably was the thing that actually got me going in this, in a way. In the, in the in the business of promoting festivals, you mean? well, in the business of creating events, and yeah, yeah and 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 um, you, you know, myself and a a friend of mine, Steve Pryor, um, in nineteen seventy nine, um, uh, put on September nineteen seventy nine, what was probably the first um, anti Thatcher campaign rally music event. Um, that took place. Oh, um, was Where was it in London? It was in. It was outside Battersea Arts Centre, and um, uh, you, you know, I paid for a lorry, a, you know, flatbed lorry, and that was the back of the, you know, that was the stage, and you know, got a couple of, you know, and bands who, who to... performed at that? Um, Shane McGowan actually um, performed at it because he was living in a squat with a mate of mine at the time, and and that was that, that was the first thing Honestly, that I'd ever I was done. There at actually, that. really, in 1979, <laughs> I used to be playing in a band in Battersea Arts Centre. I was in saxophone, a saxophone player in a band in, in, that used to meet up with kind of you know one of those collectives. Indeed, no, no. Well, and, uh, everything was in a and collective. We always went then. to all the events. Yeah, I lived in a collective, and. Um, uh, you know, and and, and yeah, and I'm, I'm, I lived so in. So Shane McGowan was your yeah, first yeah. And, kind of and, headliner, and, and uh, yeah, and so and I, yeah, I was living in Battersea, and um, you, you know, I was very much politically active in in Battersea around any sort of left wing bit of politics that I could get my hands on, and um, and in what way did that event make its anti-Thatcherite point? 
Did it? Have, what was it called again? Did it have? Did it have you a, know, I can't remember what it was called. I suppose it was. It was called "Let's Get Rid of Thatcher" or something. <laughs> and, uh, I can't imagine <laughs> it was called anything. Does, yeah. does what it says on the tin. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm always at pains to tell people that it, you know it was 11 years before her demise, um, but it was probably the single thing that started her demise and got rid of her. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm always at pain. Now I'm sure she's a lovely woman, but I just didn't actually particularly like her politics at the time. So, um, but and, and and that's really it was. I'd been a festival guy. I'd been a music fan. Um, the whole thing, really. But you know, in a way, what I like or always liked as much as music was bringing people together around a cause, around an issue. Absolutely, around a, no, I really understand that. Around that was a thought. a flatbed truck with just some generators or something? Yeah, 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 just a, a little... Extension lead going yeah, to the art centre, probably? The whole, the whole thing, you know. How um, brilliant. And, and Jude, How many people came? Jude Kelly, who I think is really... I mean, she might be a dame now or something. She's very important um, in the theatre world, I think, was running, yep. was running the uh, Battersea Art Centre at the time, actually. Never quite embracing the, the politics that we wanted her to, but um, she was always relatively sympathetic. So what was the next development from that? that you obviously were spurred on by the... You I, know, yeah, I guess the thing after success. that is that I, 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 was, um, I, I was very much part of a, a, an organisation called Battersea and Wandsworth Trade Union Council, and I was the chairman of the Trade Union Council. And we, we, the GLC was around at the time, and the GLC was wonderfully giving money away to people to create events, and we used to create events in Battersea it was Park. Time, was it it was a fantastic time. I mean, it was just really, yeah. really good. And, you know, we created events in Battersea Park, which were a mix of music and politics and, you know, selling beer and, you know, having fun and, and trying to effectively trying to get over a... A political message, really. Um, a, a social message, probably, as much as a political message, really. And so who were the next acts you were involved with? What kind of uh, Oh, you know, then... You I, I suppose then it became people like Billy Bragg and, you know, acts of that sort, you know, the, the Redskins. I don't know if you yes, remember a band called the Redskins. Um, was X Moore, remember? Yeah, yeah. And all the that's, the enemy, is that yeah, the yeah. Was so, singer, yeah, that's yeah. right. And, and, you know, that was obviously very much around the, you know, the sort of anti-fascist thing that was... You know, very predominant around the time. And then, and a lot of Irish acts, actually. Um, a lot of the people I seem to have known for a lot of my life seem to be uh, Irish. I don't what know kind why. of people? Well, people around the trade union movement and obviously Vince Power. You, you know, I spent a long time working with Vince. And, yeah. Um, and, uh, you, you know, Dennis Desmond now, late, you know, more lately. John Reynolds over in Ireland. Um, so, you, you know, I've always had a... A strong relationship with with Irish people, and always had a strong relationship with Irish music. So, a lot of Irish music, um, and, and <clears throat> that sort of just continued. We then, you, you know, for, for, certainly for me, for most of the early eighties, you know, we were organising these big events in Battersea Park. And when I say big events, there were, you know, sometimes twenty or thirty thousand people would come to them, which was terrific. That's and then, huge yeah, and then later on um, with the GLC. Um, the GLC decided to adopt the the model that we had and, and make it a GLC festival. Um, and to a certain extent, that pushed us out. Um, and But, you, you know, the GLC being what they were, they you know, wanted to work with us. And I then, again, with the same guy, Steve Prowl, you know, created a, um, um, a company called Workers' Beer Company. 
And they're the company that serve the yeah, beer. Away for years, yeah, that they? serve the beer at all of my yeah. events, and um, and um, um, and they're a company that it's a sort of it's a limited company. It makes profit, but its intention is to make profit and give it all back to campaigning organisations, really. And and that's how we set it up, um, and that it still operates exactly that same way now. And um, um, so our first our first bits, of course, were you know were around the idea of. Um, putting, um, um, uh, you, you know, selling beer and putting the events on in Battersea Park. Yeah. And then the GLC came along, and, and that was at a similar time to the miners' strike. So we started organising events to sell beer, to give to the miners and all that sort of stuff, really. And and then, uh, you know, happened uh, across this um, this chap, Michael Evis, um Really through a connection at the GLC, M- Michael's what year are we nephew, eighty three, maybe eighty three, eighty four. Thirteen years into doing Glastonbury, yeah, Festival, yeah, yeah. eighty four, maybe. Um, and um, his nephew, a chap called Tony Hollingsworth, um, um, was working at the GLC because we'd started working with them around these yeah. big free festivals in London, um, and we'd developed the Workers' Beer Company. Tony suggested that we talk to Michael about doing the beer at, um, at Glastonbury. And, of course, we've done the beer, or they've done the beer, ever since, you know, 1984, I think. And, um, and, and you know, so that's how I got to know that's Michael. That's the first time you got involved. Because you're involved with them now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, very much so involved yeah. now, yeah. And, um, but that was Can the first time. Can you explain time. that involvement? Well, I mean, you, you know, that, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's an extraordinary involvement in a way. I mean, I, 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 you know, all through the 90s, all through the 80s, I'd been... Um, uh, I was I was actually you know I was in full time employment, but running the workers' beer company at the same time, and um, um, I, you know we used to go down and do the uh, the beer at Glastonbury every year and all that, and 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 that was chaos. I mean, it was it was again it was a, it was probably the worst period in Glastonbury's history. Actually, that was the the time of the the kind of anarchist uh, yeah. interventions and. Everyone climbing over the fence. Climbing over the fence. Well, there wasn't really a fence then, no. in fairness, <laughs> Fraser, to be honest. So, um, and, 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 I mean, eventually, I mean, occasionally there was a fence. And, and when there was, they would either climb over it or... Tunnel under. Tunnel under That's it, right. actually. Right. And um, so it was, a, it was quite a, you know, it was quite a... It was a horrible period. It was a horrible period, actually. You know, it was also the time when... You, you, you know, everybody. You know, there are all the jokes going round about, you know, the bankers and you know what. What's the difference between a, a hedgehog and a and a, a, a Volkswagen Golf driver, Vol- Volkswagen GTI the- driver, and it was the pricks on the outside as yeah. opposed to the inside type of stuff. <laughs> and and it was everybody. You, you know that there'd been this sort of development where you know Thatcher had, had denied that society existed and it was every man as she described every person as i would describe for themselves and and uh, it, it was it was a nasty period it was a very nasty period in 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 uk society not just at glastonbury and glastonbury all festivals are always a sort of ref- a reflection but of society particular local problem was that they were threatened with the possibility of loss of license weren't they because yeah, they couldn't the control the yeah, yeah. cost of I mean, people in there and there's a health and safety yeah, that, issue yeah that came that came much later that came 15 20 years later that was in 2000 2001 um, and i you know in the 80s it was all about the travellers and yes, the, the new age travellers and the 80s and the 90s and 
<clears throat> you know. And Michael did extend the hand of friendship to those guys. He did. They, 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 they never reciprocated it. They just took advantage of it, actually. And, um, and, and, and you know, I remember Michael and myself literally defending the farmhouse um, against them when they were throwing petrol bombs at us. Um, this is during the festival, presumably? This was just after the festival, two yeah. days after the festival. What, because they, they wouldn't leave? Because they wouldn't leave and all that sort of stuff. And, I mean... The, the the idea that anybody would throw a petrol bomb at Mike Levis, I mean, it's just unbelievable. But that that was literally what was going on in the eighties, and um, and obviously to a certain extent, that's how Michael and I became good friends. <laughs> yeah, I can, we, I can imagine you know, great we friendships were, would be formed um, <laughs> in those circumstances. Well, Manning um, a barricade. Yeah, I, I mean, do it, give him a lot of credit though, because you know, you sometimes you you look at those stories. I remember him telling me all those stories once when I interviewed him, and it, you, you thought, well, I'm amazed that he persevered with it, really. Well, it would have been know, really easy to have let it go, but he obviously had he's a wonderful human being. Actually, he's, exactly. yeah, he's a wonderful he's a wonderful humanist. You, you know, despite the negativity that people may bring forward, he, he always wants to believe the good in people. Really, in well, the, the leader of the the anarchists that caused all that trouble in the late eighties, he, he eventually. You give them a field, do you remember? That's right, own? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you yeah. want to set up an alternative festival, you can. We'll give you this field, but just you keep your distance from us and we're trying to do something else over here. And that guy eventually became immensely penitent. And I can't remember his name now, but about 15 years later, he came back and was apologised to Michael, was re-employed by the festival <laughs> to run Lost Vagueness. Do you remember that whole oh, that, of section? Of course I remember Lost That was Vagueness, the very guy yes. that had given him all that misery 15 years beforehand. <laughs> so yeah, there was a, a very pleasant circular... Um, was that that wasn't Roy the Gervitz, was it? Was it Roy Gervitz? It might have been. I can't remember. Well, Roy, Roy, Roy created Las Vegas, Vagueness. Yeah, probably so, was. Um, it probably, probably was, was Roy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at what stage did you form Festival Republic? Well, Festival Republic came out of out of Mean Fiddler. Yeah. Um, Which was and, you working with Vince Power? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and and basically that all came about because in 1988, Reading Festival had gone bankrupt. Um, and the then promoter of, of Reading Festival, Harold Pendleton, who used to own the Marquee Club and various other bits and pieces, um, um, tried all the major promoters around the, in the UK at the time, and, and nobody was interested, because festivals were absolutely, you know, weirdos went to festivals. There was nobody... You know, it wasn't part of normal music society, interestingly enough, and... Um, I wasn't really even part of the normal music business. But why would that really not make too... that potentially interesting as a business? Well, because it was, these were people who were difficult to control, or what? No, because because there. the only two festivals that existed was was Glastonbury and Reading Festival. Reading Festival had gone bankrupt, um, so that didn't bode well. Um, and um, Glastonbury was a you know relatively small festival, you know ten fifteen thousand people yeah. at that time, um, that was just for hippies and weirdos really. <laughs> so um, so if you were a normal promoter, you know promoting Simply Red or you know whoever it was around no, at the time, I'd be like, why would we want to be involved with that yeah, load of you difficult. know just too difficult? And yeah. and actually Harold had no but nowhere else to go, and he ended up. Um, you, you know, knocking on Vince's door at the Mean Fiddler up in Harleston and saying, you know, do you fancy this? And and Vince, who had never been to a festival, you know, being who he is, he's like, yeah, why not? I'm, you know, I'll have a go at anything, really. So, um, you, you know, and 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 um, you know, that's what he did. And 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 so I then went along. You know, me and Steve went along and said, look, you know, we'll do the beer for you. And you know, I've been to. 
Reading Festival from 1972 onwards and all that sort of stuff. I know the festival and, you know, let's get together and make it all work. And so I created a, a, a company called the Festival Office um, to, to work alongside Mean Fiddler and create the festivals. Eventually that went into Mean Fiddler and, um, you, you know, I became part of Mean Fiddler and, and, you know, Vince and I just ran along very happily for, you know, quite a number of years, really. And how did you make it work then? How, what what did, it, did you bring to that particular equation that made Reading uh, flourish eventually? Well, I, I, I guess ultimately talent buying. Um, uh, 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 ultimately talent buying. Who were the kind of acts you had, the headlining acts in, in that? Oh, you, you know, the Wonder Stuff, um, you know, the Pogues, yeah. um, you, you, you know, very much part and parcel of it, you know, and people like the Cult and, um, you, you know, bands that were, you know, around and it was at that, you know, late 80s where the 80s had been a tough period and if you think about the 80s music... You know, it was it was glamorous, and it was sort of, um, you know, it was all. It wasn't really about being in a field. No, the it was mostly music. pop music. Yeah, it was mostly pop. With you know. Yeah, all that colour, sort of stuff. And and so you know, festivals at that point had lost their way a little bit, yeah, really. Sure. And and so. Um, uh, and, and the music had lost its way in terms of, you know, rock music in particular had lost its way, which is why, you know, Reading, one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons why Reading went bankrupt. And um, they, uh, and, and, and so we came in with, you know, newer, fresher ideas and, and appealed to an audience that actually thought, actually, this is all right, you know, we'll, we'll go out into a field. And we created the idea of multi-stage festivals that didn't really exist. Um, um, you know, we put comedy into it, and that didn't really exist, and, and, and off we went, really. You have been listening to the free feed of The Word podcast. The full album-length version is only available to subscribers to the magazine. To sign up and to hear the rest of this podcast, go to www.wordpodcast.co.uk. <laughs>